Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Saints, let us beware of the perpetrators of manipulation and witchcraft, people who usurpishly seek to take control of the lives of other people or their decisions. A little or a lot of that doesn't matter is absolutely pure evil. God gave us jurisdiction over our own lives and the decisions, the things that we make decisions to do, and we aren't to invade or invasively usurp the place of making decisions for other people, unless they're a small child, of course. But, you know, and I would say to the parents to very much beware that you are allowing and teaching your children to make good decisions somewhere along the line. You're not going to be there to make decisions for them. In fact, even when they're growing up, you're not at school with them. You're not out and about with them when they're alone and you're away from them. And so they have to learn how to make good decisions and the earlier the better and the excuse that they made a bad decision is so now you have to come in and take over all their decisions is another thing that we got to be aware of because there's a lot of manipulating people in this world who are operating in witchcraft in fact that's one of the soul damning sins we see in the 17 sin list in Galatians 5 verses 19 through 21 and witchcraft has more than one facet for sure, but overall, perhaps the word that best describes witchcraft is undue control. And this is an operation of he who has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and to seek whom he may devour. John 10 10 and 1 Peter 5 verse 8. So be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Notice Second Thessalonians 3, 2, and that we may be delivered, Paul said, from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. And notice unreasonable and wicked men. We also read, I believe it's First Timothy 6, where he, Paul speaks of men of corrupt minds. That's First Timothy 6, 5 and Second Timothy 3, 8. Men of corrupt minds. And so we've got to stay within our own sphere of operation and make the decisions for our own lives and leave everyone else alone, never presuming or perpetrating undue, unwarranted control over the decisions of other people. God will punish those who do such. 
because he is the great shepherd of the sheep. And he gives all men free will for them to make their own decisions and be accountable to him. And he doesn't want us to usurp that place. That's evil. That's pure evil. We've all known people like that. And if someone does that to you, I think that what happens is at some point, there's going to be a great resentfulness toward them. And there's going to be a reaction because that has a residual effect because it's the violation of another person's identity. It's stolen identity, if you will. And notice 1 Corinthians 16, 12, how Paul related with those around him. He says, as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will, notice Paul greatly, not only desired, but greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, I guess to come to the Corinthians believers, but his will, notice that real carefully, his will, see we all have a personal will, that's not to be violated, God won't even violate it, he gave us that will, so we can choose, even if we choose against him, or against his will. So, and Paul understands that. So he says, I greatly desired Apollos, him, to come unto you with the brethren. But his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have a convenient time. See, Paul didn't say anything to Apollos because Apollos had a different idea about going to visit the believers at Corinth. He didn't jump in there and tell Apollos to do something. That wasn't within the jurisdiction of Paul to control another person. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. I love this verse. Paul says this, not that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. Notice Paul says that he didn't have dominion over the faith of other believers. That was between him and God. And, you know, perhaps somebody listening to this discussion is needs to pray and ask the Lord to break all witchcraft, every yoke of bondage of witchcraft out of your life and just flat out verbally denounce this undue control or this desire to control the decisions, the will, the direction, the identity of another person. So in life, we see this undue control, this witchcraft being exerted, you know, as people hijack the decisions and the lives of other people unduly. We see that in family relationships. We see that among friends and we see that in the church world. You know, Jesus said he hated, I believe that's the only time he came out and said he hated some, the deeds and the doctrines of the Nicolaitans, Revelation 2, verse 6 and 15, Nicolaitans, you can look that up, we have a category on that, category drop-down manual, just hit the N, and you'll see it, scroll down, and by the way, on the mobile version of the drop-down menu, it's toward the bottom, so just scroll down, and you'll, that'll help you navigate the site, whether you're on the desktop 
or on the laptop on the mobile version. There's also a search box. You can put words or a word in there and search. This is a site that's approaching 2,000 posts, hopefully scripture-rich, Christ-centered posts to help you grow in the grace of God. But if you want to look up the Nicolaitan, that's a fascinating revelation. Nicolaitan. Jesus said, Revelation 2, verse 6 and 15, that he hated the deeds and the doctrines of the Nicolaitan. That was because they usurpishly sought to or did control the people. Nicolaitanes. Notice Nico means to conquer and Laetanes means the people. So Nicolaitanes, to control or manipulate or conquer the people. And the way they do that many times is through deception and false teaching and manipulation. And, you know, one of the false teachings that allows them and opens the door and gives them access to control people unduly is going to be the doctrine of the covering doctrine. I call it also the doctrine of witchcraft, where they teach falsely that you need them to be your covering, but Scripture tells us that the Lord is our only head. He is the head of the body, the church, and he's the great shepherd of the sheep by virtue of who he is and that he won the day over sin. He single-handedly paid for our sins on the cross, and he alone is to be the great shepherd of our souls, the shepherd and bishop of our souls, I believe it says in the book of Hebrews. Actually, that's First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Amen. So beware of this covering doctrine. I don't see it around as much, but you know, Satan always recycles and reuses the same tricks. That's what the Lord told us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, when he says, Satan, all of the tricks he has are such as is common. They're common to man. He's been using them on mankind to manipulate, to deceive, to lie to mankind since the Garden of Eden. The doctrine of control, or the covering doctrine as it's called, is a clear indictment against the Lord. Think about it. It implies that he, the Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, is not able to cover and protect and lead his people all by himself. That is a wicked attack of Satan. Beware, saints, and we have to be established in the Lord and in the identity that he made us uniquely to be. Could this be partly why Jesus told us that he hates the deeds and doctrines of the Nicolaitans because they conquered. First of all, they indict him as not being sufficient to lead his own people. And he, by the way, the one who created all of us, created us all with a free will. He doesn't even force us to do anything. Love is never forced. And so the audacity, I mean, it's beyond audacity that someone else would try to be in or take the place, the reins, if you will, of another person's life to preside over their identity and their decisions. This is the most wicked, insidious type of hijacking that takes place. 
And if you're caught up in this, if somebody's done this to you and maybe you're doing it to others and don't realize it, this is something I would go on a fast and prayer about continually, personally, because this is an evil that has tentacles and they have to be all ripped out of your life so that you're not allowing anyone to control you. That shows a position of weakness on your part, whereby Christ has to build up your identity in him. And also, it's evil for you to be exerting this control and manipulation over other people's lives. And this stuff, it it parades itself insidiously or subtly, because Satan is subtle, You know, somebody's not going to walk up to you and decide that to tell you straight out, look, from now on, I am controlling all your decisions. No, no, that's not how it happens. It's done by subtle manipulation. So such a position clearly where people take control over other people or they seek to, it clearly conveys that he, that is Jesus Christ, the almighty needs a mere man or man or woman in order to accomplish his will and lead in God each of his sheep as the shepherd and bishop of their souls. Conveniently, it is those who teach such lies, such as the covering doctrine, that actually are actually the ones who claim God has put them in an elevated place to cover his people. This is ridiculous. We preach the word and let God work in the hearts of other people. That's what Paul did. He didn't jump in and say, look, Apollos, I need you. Notice, I need you to go to the Corinthians and minister to them or whatever. You know, no, Paul said, hey, I wanted Apollos to come to you guys and minister. But he wasn't of that mindset. His will was to do something else. You know, Paul didn't meddle with, if you will. He didn't usurp the authority. Remember, he said, we don't have dominion over you, over your faith, but we're helpers of your joy. When somebody, you ask somebody a question and they tell you no, respect that. And if you can't respect that, there's some things that God wants to deal with in you that you have no place trying to manipulate them through whatever means, convincing them that they need to do differently than they have concluded and do what you want them to do. That's a bunch of witchcraft, folks. And when people try to do that to me, they're going to get and they have gotten a violent reaction. You know, it's not always easily discerned because, as we said, it's very subtle. But when it's found out by the person that you're trying to manipulate, they're going to have a very strong reaction and they're going to revolt. And that's a good thing. You brought that on yourself, not them. So this type of manipulation exists in every kind of different relationship. As we said, in the family, maybe among husbands and wives, we see it in the church world. And you will find out a lot about this, especially as it pertains to the church world and how there are those who want to manipulate and preside over you unduly. We see people like that in the scriptures. But, you know, the Bible says to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, Galatians 5.1. That's talking about the law, but I believe it would also fit here. And notice 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So notice 
Paul goes out of his way to say the Corinthians gave themselves first to the Lord. That comes first. Our relationship with God is never to be, that's the order of things. Our identity, our relationship is first and foremost, our allegiance to the one who made us and the one who saved us, Jesus Christ, and not to men. We're to know no man after the flesh, the scripture says in Second Corinthians. Let's take a look at that. Second Corinthians, this is a fascinating verse. We're not to know any man after the flesh. Notice verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5. Wherefore, henceforth, that means from now on, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. So of this 2 Corinthians 1.24 verse, again, Paul said, not for that we have dominion over your faith. See, there, the faith of believers doesn't come from men. It comes from God, the faith of Christ we read of, etc. This all, it's a gift of God to men. So it's not something that other men can get in the middle of, if you will, or intercept and control. So it says, not that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith ye stand, that is faith in God. So John Wesley of this verse says, not that we have dominion over your faith. This, he says, is the prerogative of God alone, but are helpers of your joy. And then he says, and faith from which it springs. For by faith ye have stood to this day. We see the light in which ministers should always consider themselves and in which they are to be considered by others, not as having dominion over the faith of their people and having a right to dictate by their own authority what they should believe or what they should do, but as helpers of their joy by helping them forward in faith and holiness. In this view, how amiable does their office appear? And he finishes, John Wesley finishes on this thought. He says, and how friendly to the happiness of mankind. How far then are they from true benevolence who would expose it to ridicule and contempt? So that was beautifully said, I believe, by John Wesley. In fact, Peter, when he speaks of elders in First Peter chapter 5, he speaks of himself as the elders which are among you, not above you. See, back in what's called the dark ages, after Christ and his apostles had left the earth, you have the formulation over the, well, about three or four hundred years later of the cult of the Roman Catholic Church, and they divided things, but, you know, you had your clergy and your laity. Again, laity, it's the same word where we get this Nicolaitanes, which Jesus said he hates the doctrines and deeds of, in Revelation 2, verse 6 and 15, Nico conquered the Laetanes, a people, conquered the people. So that's a physical, a very obvious example of what we're talking about here in this message. But it also, again, happens among people in every type of relationship. And so we have to be very careful that we're not manipulating others and intercepting their own identity, their own will, their own decisions, and that other people aren't doing this to us. 
Isaiah 30, verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. That's Isaiah 30, verse 1. And we will wind down this message and bring it to a close. Now, 2 Corinthians 10 would be a passage of interest you may want to dig into a little bit. Paul speaks of his authority as a minister of Christ, and the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction, Second Corinthians ten eight, and he talks about his fear of influence. I believe probably we could put this, you know, the reality of jurisdiction. We don't have the jurisdiction over other people as far as controlling their decisions. God doesn't even do that. Again, I'm repeating that, but I believe it's very important. God gives men free will, and you know, Paul gave men free will. We see that in his relationship with other people. Also, Adam Clark speaks of this. He said they should, that as ministers, use this power that God gave them, if you will, only as Jesus Christ used it. And that is for the salvation and not the destruction of souls. Jesus said to his disciples when they wanted to call down fire from heaven that they didn't know what spirit they were of. For the Lord came to not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. That's the end of Luke chapter 9. All right. And, you know, I've noticed and I think it's worthy to throw it out there that, you know, the people that try to control others manifestly by that very act alone, that's coming out of it. It's emanating out of an evil, wicked, unrepentant heart. They don't even have their own lives in order because if they did, they wouldn't be audaciously attempting to usurp the identity of another person and to control another person. This is, again, this is witchcraft, absolutely witchcraft when we see this happening. And it's coming out of an unsanctified, unrepentant heart that is an apostate heart, a wicked person. There'll be no one operating in witchcraft in eternal glory, that's for sure. And so such a person would do well to take heed to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 1, as we come to a close here, saints, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And you know, we have a principle Jesus is relating to us and giving us and instructing us on here in verse 6. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. And neither cast ye your pearls before swine. And here's why, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend. That means to stab you in the back, rend you. So Jesus wants to keep his people safe from this kind of stuff. And so if you're in harm's way, you 
find yourself being controlled by another person unduly, God doesn't want you in that position. He's telling you that right now, right here in Matthew 7, 6. Don't give the pearls and that which is holy, that which is set apart for the Lord's to worship the Lord. Don't give that to uh, mere men and don't hand that over. Don't allow somebody to control and to manipulate you because they're going to continue to use it against you to draw you in and put the knife in your back. God bless you, friends. Thanks for listening. And thank you for your prayers, for the fruitfulness of this outreach to reach more and more with the gospel, the word of God. And let us know if you have any prayer needs. Please keep it short. You can send them to info at safeguardyoursoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs>